Did you know that coziness is a way of life in the Netherlands? This episode of TripCast 360 is sponsored by David's Cruise Vacation, a travel agency that specializes in both land and sea adventures for the intrepid traveler. Book now at davidscruisevacations.com and experience that hands-on personal service. Hello and welcome to TripCast 360. We are the podcast of lively banter about travel, lifestyle, and entertainment. This is Michael Gordon-Bennett joining you from Las Vegas, and I am joined, as always, by the man from Barbados, David Cumberbatch, who is out on Long Island enjoying the nice weather day. What's going on, man? Well, you said it right. There's some nice weather here. But I'll tell you, I was I was reading the news today, and Singapore is launching a quarantine-free travel to 10 countries. Isn't that Oh, that's cool. That's nice, yeah, that's cool. Really I cool. would do that. Did they say we're 10 countries? No, I've been reading through to find out the 10 countries. I don't see the 10 countries, but uh, that's the news. That's you, good you, news. It's funny you mentioned Singapore. Ceci has hit me up. Ceci's my girlfriend, for those of you who don't know. Uh, she has been hitting me up for about a week now. She wants to go to Singapore yeah. just to see the airport. <laughs> Why? Because What's it's one of the most phenomenal airports in the world. The architecture, the the modern stuff, the the high tech stuff, the the beauty of it, and the money they've spent on it. She just wants to see the airport, and there's a hotel attached to the airport. We never yeah. have to leave the airport. We just go to the hotel, chill at the airport with the shopping mall that's attached to it, and everything. Get on a plane and come home. Yeah. So what's uh, why are you hesitating? I mean, you got that. You got that money. Ah, you want me to send you my private jet? Uh, that would help because that would fit right in with Singapore. I, I, I believe, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I think Singapore is the richest per uh, city per capita per, in the world. Per capita? Yeah. yeah. I mean, there, well, there are a well, lot of wealthy folks there. Well, just don't drop any gum on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know this to be true, but you could probably be arrested for it. <laughs> Oh, oh man! You can get us. You can get a flogging. <laughs> man, it, it is it is brutal. So yeah, so your your thing about Singapore is actually funny. By the way, um, our guest is waiting in the wings, but I'm gonna have to have a little chat with her because it looks like Hawaii may be my vacation destination for Christmas. And if you recall, Catherine did a, an extensive podcast and some editorial for us on Hawaii earlier this year. So. Um, uh, we will. I will have that conversation off air, but I'm kind of looking forward to Hawaii because, as we discussed uh, yesterday, uh, it's one of only four states I've never been to. Yeah, that's a crime for somebody who's lived on the West Coast for 30 years. You know, I, I mean, I mean, I've, I've been to Cabo San Lucas a half dozen times, but it's only a two and a half hour flight from LA to Cabo San Lucas. From LA to Hawaii is five and a half hours. <laughs> Yeah, just make sure you take you take one of those road trips when you go. Oh, you know I'm going to do that as long as I don't have to drive up and down mountains. At that case, I, well, I can't call Catherine. <laughs> she's already told me she's a bad driver, so that's not happening. Um, <laughs> anyway. anyway, let's get on with today's show. I'm sitting here spilling my protein drink all over my notes. Um, before we get started, I'll take care of the housekeeping notes. The TripCast 360 podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, iTunes, uh, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you get it. But the best place to get it is on our website at TripCast360.com. Um, like us, subscribe, share, get your friends and family to join us. Um, we, look, we like doing these. We look forward to providing you some information that you can use, that you hear from sources that have actually lived it, not somebody who's just read it in a magazine and sent it to you. So 
you know, we, we do like that. And we understand, you know, Dave and I both understand travel is a, is a convoluted business. I mean, you know, you yeah. pick a destination and it's like 5,000 hotels to choose from and, you know, 10,000 activities and lots of restaurants. So we try to distill some of that information as simply as possible to help you make that decision. So um, share it, like us, subscribe, do all that good stuff. And uh, uh, please tune in. We've got, uh, we're coming up on the end of season two. I think we've got 67 or 68 episodes already. So you've got lots of stuff to choose from. Um, but we're also on social media. Dave, hit them up, man. Yes, and we post very frequently in social media oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> on our Facebook page or Instagram or Twitter and LinkedIn. And as Michael said about the other platforms, just follow us, like us, message us, and tag us. Oh, yeah. Don't forget those likes and tags. And by the way, if you have some uh, a subject matter, and keep in mind, we do travel, we do lifestyle, and we do entertainment. And when we mean lifestyle, we, we talk about food, fashion, you know, whatever, as long as it's got some tangential touch on travel, we'll talk about it, including sports, by the way. Um, right. So, uh, yeah, you could actually send those queries to us at contact at Tripcast360. That's our email. Just send them to contact at Tripcast360 if you have a show idea for us. And um, as you can probably tell, we'll pretty much interview anybody who can hold a microphone and, and talk good for <laughs> an hour or so. Um, so that's that. Anyway. Speaking of somebody who is a great guest on our show, and she's a friend of the family. She is family to us, uh, to Dave and I. Her name is Catherine Parker Maggiar. You have, if you're a frequent follower of our uh, podcast, she's probably done at least a half a dozen of them. And I'm, that's guessing, Hawaii, Galapagos, uh, Kenya, uh, the Maldives, Bonaire. And today she is going to talk about Holland, aka the Netherlands. And I'm actually going to ask her a question right off the bat about why, why the two names. So uh, you can catch Catherine's work or some of her written work on her website at katherineparkermagyar.com. Uh, she's been featured in Departures, Architectural Digest, Forbes, and The Daily Beast. And that's just to name a few. I can't even count how many magazines and <laughs> online publications she's been in. Uh, her Instagram handle is also Catherine Parker Maggyar, that's spelled M-A-G-Y-A-R. Her Twitter handle is KPM1231, and her Facebook is Katie, K-A-T-I-E dot Parker Maggyar. Catherine, Catherine, where are you hiding? Hello, hello. <laughs> there she is. <laughs> How are you? I love that Liz. introduction, always, you know. <laughs> well, you, 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 your stuff reads like a who's who of the uh, of the business. So it's like, man, I, I could get all the stuff you've written down. Oh, my God. Thank you for saying that. You recently visited Holland, as Michael mentioned, and Michael's curious why the two names, Holland uh, or the Netherlands. But this this country may be a really small country, but it packs a whole lot. Um, it's famous yeah. for its it's famous for its tulips, windmills, cheese markets, wooden shoes, and those canals in uh in the capital city of 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 Amsterdam are amazing, amazing, amazing. But before we before we uh, dive a bit deeper into this amazing country. Would you share a brief take on the country itself and, and uh, did it exceed your expect expectations if you had any expectations going in? Yeah, so this was technically my third time in Holland. Um, the, difference, the difference quickly between Holland and the Netherlands is the Netherlands is technically like 
um, is like the entire, basically Holland only means two provinces, Nord Holland and Zuid Holland, but it's often used to mean like the Netherlands, which is the entire area. So Mm -hmm. like the branding goes back and forth. Like they're trying to just call it, you know, it's like technically the kingdom of the Netherlands and Holland is within it. Right. I can't really think of a better example no, i, I think an example in the u.s but i don't I, I think you're right because it's, there's like 11 different provinces within the netherlands and you're right there's only the two the north holland and the south holland and stuff yeah. like that but i was just looking at it from a I, I guess that's like calling the great britain england thing you know where great britain is the larger british empire and if you called somebody who lives in wales you know england they would be offended yeah, I guess, you know, what's funny is I never think, though, of Ireland and Wales and Scotland as being British. Like, I think of the English as British. Right. But I know they are British, you know. But I think part of that is also probably these countries have such distinct identities. But for my experience in Holland, the first time I went was by accident. I had a layover that was supposed to be an hour and turned out to be like an entire night and next day. Um, Mm -hmm. KLM, actually my flight was overbooked. This was like years and years ago. And they put me up in a hotel in Amsterdam. I obviously made friends with the other solo travelers who were like 20 years old and were stuck overnight. And they gave me, I love KLM. They gave a, like a sort of a rebate or whatever of 700 euros. And I spent it in the airport in Amsterdam on a Burberry jacket. And my mom was like, are you number one? What? And it was bright orange. She was like, you could have flown to the United States and spent half that amount of money on the jacket. Cause it was like the exchange rate was insane. It was like 2006. But I was like, I always, you know, I had a great time in that airport, even though, you know, it was chaotic. And then I went back for the second time a couple of years ago. I guess it was 2018, spring 2018. And I was there for the 350th anniversary of Rembrandt's death. And it was a huge to do across the country. And that was like, I guess, my first real experience in in Holland. And I think before going to Amsterdam, you know, you hear all these things, like it's so much fun. It's, And I think that people really do play up like, you know, it's a party city, at least at the age I was, you know, when I was hearing about it in my 20s. And for me going there, I guess almost like how Budapest is known as being super fun. I feel like Holland is, Amsterdam is also known that way. I was just like blown away by number one, like the people I find in Holland are so nice and funny and cool and like really quirky. And I was super into Rembrandt. Like he's a hot mess. He like cannot Mm -hmm. keep a relation, a romantic relationship going. He spent all of his money. He invented the selfie. He was just like, you know, I was getting a tour of the Rijksmuseum and someone was like, you know, these people that he's painting, they're like the Kardashians of the golden age. You know what I mean? It was like, (laughs) it was really cool to like, I think that Holland has some of like the best museums, period. Um, Mm -hmm. Just because like the array, I know that you mentioned like the Tulip Museum. Mm -hmm. And, um, but like beyond that, like there's the Van Gogh Museum, but then in terms of the Dutch masters, like I feel like um, the, a lot of the museums that I visited do a really good job of contextualizing the history of the people and like sort of their personalities. And for me, that's what makes me most interested when I'm looking at like a, at an old 
historic, famous oil painting is like, who are these people? What's this guy's deal? Like, because at the end of the day, like I did try my hands at art history and it wasn't my thing. So the brush strokes aren't going to speak to me as much as like, you know, who these people were and what they were up to and like why it was revolutionary. And so they lay out like a lot of the, my favorite museums are over there and they sort of lay out the history and the paintings together. And then beyond that, I was just struck by like, it's so pretty just on a street, on a street to street. It's like ridiculously gorgeous. And I went in 2018 and that was like, you know, people were like, don't go to Amsterdam. It's so crowded. You know, there are other things beyond Amsterdam in Holland, which was a huge push and still is because there are really amazing cities. We'll talk about the Hague. But going back just a couple, two weeks ago, I mean, the city was definitely like emptier, which I think a lot of people would love. Do you know what I mean? Because like, I think biking in Amsterdam requires, we were talking about driving on the Pacific Coast Highway earlier is terrifying. I think biking in Amsterdam, like people are biking and they're like pulling sleds essentially behind them. People are like biking. <laughs> like I swear to God, it's like how many human beings and animals are on this bike? But it was as charming and as beautiful. And like, I love the whole canal system. You know, some they're like man-made because people were getting around on boats. It's a huge seafaring nation. And it's, for me at least, like, you know, you have center city, which can be chaotic, but then it's almost like, I feel like Manhattan for me is easy for me to navigate because it's just a square. It's a grid. And in Amsterdam, it's almost like the canals go outward and I'm like, oh, I'm in this ring. I'm in this ring. Do you know what I mean? And you can get, you can get lost and feel safe and just hang out. So i I really loved it. And I was there actually every year on like, um, KLM is like the world's like oldest airline, but it's the Royal Dutch airline. And every year they release a new Delft house, which is a historic Dutch house. And basically if you fly first class in KLM, you are given this Delft house. That's like, it's filled with gin, but it's like the most insane collectible because they're beautiful. And they, there are about a hundred of them. I think I now have six. And it's almost like the most upscale version of like when I was a kid, I was obsessed with like Burger King Happy Meals and McDonald's because I wanted to like get them all. This is the chic frequent flyer version of that, I feel, because mm-hmm. you get like a new house and you and then you got to, for me at least, the house was, um, it was the Tuscini Theater in Amsterdam. So we went to like a party there and learned more about like the history. And I mean, I love flying KLM as I already mentioned my first experience with KLM when they get funded my Burberry coat, but it's just like one of those airlines and like places that I just like really, I really enjoy going to. So it's, I don't love to go back to countries sometimes if I've been there before, just because I'm always trying to go somewhere new, but I feel like you can go to Amsterdam like a thousand times and Holland a thousand times and there's still more to explore, but it's also just like such a feel good place in a way. Like it's sophisticated. It's pretty. I felt like, you know, I hadn't been in Europe and, oh my God, like almost, I guess the last time I was in Europe was, I guess, fall 2019. So it was almost like it was two years later and it was just great to be back. Well, it's one of the most densely populated countries in the world. Uh, It definitely has a high concentration of museums that you mentioned, uh, I would imagine that most of the most of the museums and the canals are in Amsterdam. So let's start there. Let's dive a bit deeper in, into what Amsterdam is like. Perfect. So yeah, a lot are in Amsterdam. 
a, a ton are actually in The Hague as well, which like I think we can talk about The Hague next or like second after we go through them just because like um, some of the museums that are in The Hague are super, I mean, in my opinion, like really not to be missed. Um, I think everyone's opinion, I think actually the ones, some of the ones we're going to talk about are they're like some of the best museums in the world. But in Amsterdam, I feel like there are several different ways that you can like go about your day and sort of go about the city. For me, like what I like the most about it is that it's like the city itself is like so, so walkable. So you can like do a million things in a day, basically getting around. I mean, I was mainly walking, but like you do a boat cruise, you can bike. I biked for a hot second. And then in, if you get the I Amsterdam card, I Amsterdam card, then you like, you actually have like free admission to a ton of these different um, institutions. But if you don't like the Van Gogh museum, I couldn't get into like, you, you need to book your tickets in advance. Um, basically though, a lot of the museums are closer together. So what I did is I was staying at the Pulitzer Amsterdam, which I never stayed at before. And it's, it was such a revelation to me, basically like it's in the heart of the city and it's in, it's basically 25 different restored, like 17th century houses that overlook the canal. So you move from one part of the hotel to the other. And it's almost like you're in these like different buildings and no room is exactly alike. And they overlook the water. And then they've got these like in there, they have like the Pulitzer garden, Pulitzer bar amazing restaurants. So it's almost like when I was doing work and stuff, I was like, well, I'm in a, I'm in a cultural center anyway, right now. But so from there, like I, everything was, to be honest, like everything was walkable from there, every part, everywhere that I went in Amsterdam. But we started out, we went to the Rijksmuseum. Um, the Rijksmuseum is like super famous. I think it's the most famous museum in Amsterdam. It's the, you know, it's a huge collection of, um, of artwork, Dutch masters, golden age, but they also have these beautiful gardens that are free. So if you don't feel like, okay, I don't have like that much time, like you can like peruse me under through the gardens. There's also like a cool sculpture exhibit that's happening right now as we're visiting. There's like Banksy, et cetera. And actually right now, like in September, fall, there's like a cheese festival that, that takes place outside of Amsterdam. What, what town is that actually? Cause that was cool. Alkmaar within the city of cheese, you know, and then they also have like the flower parades and um, basically it's like a 26 mile situation from Nordwick to Harlem. Um, a lot of Dutch names sound like New York city because the Dutch came to New York, you know, it was originally called New Amsterdam. Right. So one of the things that I found really cool and that I think that like people should take a look at is there is this and we're going to move just past the art museums for a second, although the Rijksmuseum is super important. Also, I would say to go to like the Rembrandt House Museum, the Anne Frank Museum, um, Anne Frank House. I think it's called the Anne Frank House or Anne Frank Museum. Super, like those are, I feel like, must visits. But there's this um, museum and it's called the, um, I apologize in advance for my pronunciation of, for my Dutch, of Dutch words at the moment, but it's called the Sheep Art Museum. And basically it's a maritime museum and it like basically the way that Holland, that the Netherlands came into prominence was they were amazing seafarers. That's why there are canals everywhere. Pretty much like you get to see like the, what made like the Netherlands territories in the 17th and 18th centuries. And then they have this insane 
huge ship called the East India Man, which is like a replica, an exact replica of like one of their, one of the ships that they were selling in the golden age. Very cool. Um, those would be the main museums that I would see in Amsterdam. And then beyond that though, there's like so much you can do just like literally walking around. Oh, I have to shout out tours that matter. Um, by Berber Hidma is the founder. I did that with her like two years ago. It was amazing because we went to see all these different places that like, you know what I mean? She's obviously from Holland and she was able to contextualize all of these different spots that like I wouldn't have been able to myself and it was really cool. But then like beyond the museums, like there's this thing called the Amsterdam rubber duck store, which only sells rubber ducks. I highly recommend. I got a duck with the pearl earring. Did you get a rubber duck? Yeah, of course. I have like a rubber duck collection. I've got a Delft house collection. You have to get one for my partner. Okay. Yes, I will. I mean, I, it's so funny. I like posted like an Instagram story, like (laughs) where I was, the amount of people that were like, I need something from there. I'm like, oh my God, I should have gotten like 15 ducks. But it's so quirky and so Dutch, like Dutch. I feel like Holland loves a Chotsky. And of course this is a thing. And now it's all over Europe. But um, when you also the museum Van Verhoes is amazing. Um, honestly, like if I were to be living, it's in some sort of like elegance townhouse, you know, just the, the artwork that I really like the architecture, the interior design. Part of it is like the city is so beautiful, but they've really maintained a lot of these spaces where it's just like so easy to sort of dip back into another world in a way. And everything is so freakishly clean. Like when I visited in the spring, I was like, well, I'm visiting. And when I visited May, 2018, I was like, this is like, you know, Amsterdam's time to shine. It's spring. But visiting in November, was it November? It was November. It was November. I'm in October. It was October. Visiting a week ago in October. I was like, what? Because it's still like, so there are flowers everywhere. Like the Tulip Museum is cool to see. But I mean, if you have time, I would go to the um, Kuchenhof, which is this insane tulip garden. And it's like 45 minutes from the airport, I think. You can make it out there on your way out. And they make literally murals with the flowers. Um, Yeah, but so you could do the museums and the culture. But then there's so much to do, like going out as well. Like I went to a bunch of pubs I love, like Lewis Pubs, T-Small, Cafe, Voice Watch. I'm going to have to send you the stories I wrote so you can like, you know, understand what I'm saying. But like there's the Rembrandt room, you can go there for dinner and you're like dining beneath these like insane um, like Rembrandt etchings. And then there's this penthouse bar called Mr. Porter. You can have a state or center cocktail. There's just like an amazing um, food and like foodie scene. And obviously like the cafe culture in Amsterdam is huge. Um, you just see there's just like, oh my God, I need to remember the name. I think it was Slight Swatch. Oh my God, Katie. But, you know, there's just all of these beautiful outdoor cafes you can just sit at, relax all over the city. And even when I was in like the really crowded parts of the city, um, and I know you were saying Amsterdam is so densely populated. I don't know if it's because like the public transit is so clean and because people are like so genuinely respectful. Like this woman on a bike accidentally hit this woman who was like leading me around and the amount that they both apologized to one another, like, oh my God, it was my fault. I should have gotten with, oh no, it was my fault. Like, I, shoot, in New York City, like, daddy, in New York City, that it gets you beat up. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's, people are extremely considerate, is what I've, is what I found. And just, I don't know, it's very, 
it's just such a great city. Wow. Um, I'm glad you touched on that because I wanted to ask you about Dutch society. I read where Dutch society is very international. Mm-hmm. It's been named the melting pot of many nationalities. I mean, I think it's a remarkable place to live in the sense of like how gorgeous it is, how many like, as we mentioned, like there's, even though it's no longer like ruling the world in the same way, like there's obviously still like a thriving industry, which we can't say for every part of Europe. But I do think that there is a, there is sort of a tolerance there. I was, so Remco, who was like my, who like, he's an art historian and he really guided me around the Hague last time I was there. Was just full of all these one-liners. He's like the Dutch are so. He's like they say that if um, what's it called? He said if the Lord created the world, the Dutch created the Netherlands. Like it is more like it's more of like a quirky, weird, laid-back sort of culture in a way. It's like less pretentious. Like it's so close to England, and I love England. But you know the image that you have of like a British person is. Dutch people are very different than that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's very not, it's not a snobby at all. Um, I, I don't know. They were saying something like how when you get to Northern Europe and Southern Europe, the people are actually quite similar. Like, it's more when you're in the middle. that thing, you know what I mean? They're like, in many ways, mm-hmm. like, they're like, we've got a similar attitude to almost Spain or like Iceland, you know, or not Iceland, Finland, because I had just come from Finland. And I was like, really, I loved Finland. I loved how weird people were there. And weird is a weird description. But what I mean is like confidently, confidently off, offbeat. Do you know what I yeah. mean? And yeah. yeah, I feel like there is such, like Amsterdam is such a melting pot. Holland, the Netherlands is, is that in general. You can also feel that, you know, walking around on the streets too. I, I wanted to ask you a question because this is... Um... This is weird because Adele, the singer, she's moving to L.A. obviously to be with a boyfriend. But she said one of the things she didn't like about uh, her home country of England was the expense. She said London was very, very expensive, which is true. It really is. Is uh, Amsterdam expensive? Not compared to London. Um, And honestly, I would say not compared to Stockholm, but it is expensive. You know what I mean? It's in Europe. And it's in a wealthy country in Europe and coming from as an American, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. certainly, but it also, it definitely like varies a little bit. And like, obviously like you can, you're going to be paying higher prices at more touristy spots. Um, but in the sense of like, there are ways that you can do Amsterdam on it cheap, more cheaply, which is why I think that people like it as like more of a younger and party destination in a way that I don't think necessarily you can do London as as an expensive well speaking of parties now we've come to the fun part of the show Catherine. you have a knack for finding as in, in dave's words the best adult beverages but i'm going to just call it damn alcohol because that's what it is what did yeah. you find there that you really like honestly apart I from heineken like, apart from apart heineken. heineken yeah <laughs> I, know. I love the pulitzer bar and um in the hotel that i was staying at well the the energy that I was also with is that like there, it's a huge like craft cocktail scene and like mixology scene. And just like a lot of these like hipster cities are. So, well, I think every city is kind of a hipster city now. I think that that culture is globalized, but I mean, the saints and sinner cocktail at, um, at Mr. Porter, but also one of my high school friends moved to Amsterdam 
so I went out with him and his and um his girlfriend and we like he took me out like around the town and that's when we went to like the Louis pub and T-Small and it's interesting because bars don't play music like in in Amsterdam as much like that's at least something that he was like I've noticed that certainly but I don't know it's like a lot of these cafes that we were in almost look like museums do you know what I mean it's Mm -hmm. like it's like they've got the like wood paneling and then the you know the oil paintings on the walls and the sort of like chandeliers every everything just feels I don't know everything feels very chic is how I would say and that's that's even before you go to the Hague which is like next level but there are obviously like the coffee shops where like you know you'll see a Jamaican flag everywhere in Amsterdam because you know famously prostitution is legal but also like marijuana has been legal now it's obviously legal in like new york city too and like most other places but that's still like a huge part of the culture that people stand behind i myself am not super into like space cakes and stuff just because i feel like it just makes me tired and i don't but i support other people who are into it but Mm -hmm. yeah that's definitely like a huge part of the scene too i think it's also just like the the all day sort of cafe culture where like, you know, I would, I would just drop in every cafe, like that's, you know, every sidewalk, every street you're on, you can just easily just drop in. It's almost like Paris where it's like, I'm going to get an espresso and a glass of wine at 2 PM and then I'm going to carry on in my day. And it's not like you have to worry, Oh my God, is something going to be open or closed? Like they're sort of going all day. You know what I mean? Like, but there's a curfew now and it's midnight. I believe there were obviously some changes with COVID. The um, COVID curfew, I believe, is midnight, although, like, I started my day so much earlier, like, the aforementioned 2 p.m. glass of wine. Um, so if by the time it would be midnight, I'd been, I'd been, like, out and about. But I don't necessarily know how stringent those rules are. I think it's more they don't let new people in. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have to be, um, for me, as a vaccinated traveler, like, I had to show, like, an antigen test, a negative antigen test within 24 hours of boarding my flight. And then I think it, it it's a PCR test. I believe it's, you know, 48 hours actually um, that you need to show it. Cause we're in a country obviously where COVID is far from over. Right. But once you okay. land in Holland, I think it's like 88% of the country is vaccinated. It's a super high percentage wow. and it's just a maskless paradise. You know what I mean? Like people are, people are not masked. Wow. Like they, wow. Who knew a country that believed in science? I know. But so, you know, they're like, yeah, their vaccination rates are super high. And that was something that was, you know, you're on the flight, you're in your mask the entire time. And the point where people would be like, you don't need to wear your mask. Like people would say that to um, one of my um, friends I was traveling with was more, you know, nervous. And they would be like, you don't need to wear that in here. You know, like, Mm -hmm. so that's something that was really just like as an American, as a vaccinated American, it used to be until like late September. So honestly, less than a month ago, I think on September 20th, that even if you were vaccinated, you had to do a mandatory 10-day quarantine. And then they just reversed that restriction, which is how I was like still able to go on this trip. Okay. Um, and just like, yeah. I oh, mean that's pretty cool. Did, it was really great. Yeah. Th- did you get a chance uh, to, to check out the music scene in Amsterdam? And and the reason I'm asking the question is because a couple, I guess it's been more than a couple years ago now. Um, we were working with the country of Denmark, their, their, their neighbor across the sea there to the north. And they had a humongous American jazz scene 
in in Denmark. And I'm wondering if that translated across into the Netherlands. So I wasn't able, I didn't, I didn't see that as much. Um, I haven't really experienced that, but I know that there is like a huge music scene, but yeah, that's like a part of like the nightlife culture or just the general culture that I need to engage with more. Well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure they can get you back with a few more drinks. I know. Well, it's funny because, you know, and I'm not someone who's like super crazy about, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, do I like, I don't want to waste my entire trip in a museum or I don't want to feel guilty about maybe not being as interested in some of the stuff that should, that I should be interested in. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because with um, Amsterdam, like I was just so all, I mean, I'm obsessed with Rembrandt. I'm like, and I was, I was all in on that. So I need to like go back and experience that for sure. That's actually pretty cool. Well, you have mentioned the Hague about 10 times that I can recall yeah. just in this conversation. <laughs> and the only, Yeah, and the only thing most Americans know about the Hague is the world court that's there. But the Hague is more than the world court. Tell, tell us about that experience. Yeah. It's right on the water. Uh, I mean, it's got to be a beautiful place. It's super beautiful. It's only like 45 minutes, 55 minutes on an intercity train from like Amsterdam Central Station to Den Haag, Den Hague. Mm-hmm. And it's like super pretty. I mean. Switzerland, I rode all over on the trains and it kind of reminded me of that. Obviously, we weren't in the Alps, but it's like pretty legitimate. But there's this saying called like, you know, they make the Dutch, you know, they make their money in Rotterdam, they invest it in Amsterdam and they spend it in The Hague. It's like known as the Royal City. It's the only part of Holland that like has a beach. And it's just like beautiful. Like if you think like Amsterdam is beautiful, which it is like The Hague is like psychotically pretty. It's like they have the oldest parliament in the world that's overlooking the water. Obviously, you know, they've got the like, I think it's called also called like the city of justice and peace. But, you know, I stayed in Hotel Indigo, which used to be um, a 19th century bank, you know, and now like the gold vault has like been turned into stocks and bonds, which is like the restaurant. And that was super great for like getting all over from there. But there's this, what is cool about The Hague is that there's this like town called Skivingen um, which is like, you can bike there. I think I walked there. No, no, no. I biked there. I believe. Yeah, I did. I biked from, um, the center of the Hague up to Skivingen and that's on the North sea. And it's amazing. Like there's this like grand hotel, Amrath Kerr house, which like looks like a palace, like the Rolling Stones, like partied there. But when you go there and you go on the beach, it's almost like, does Holland think that it's like, Tulum. You know what I mean? There are all of these like tiki <laughs> bars and there's a boardwalk and it's like as beachy as you're going to get, you know what I mean? In like the Netherlands, which is, but it's like this cool juxtaposition because the neighborhoods around the Hague is like, they're very wealthy, very pretty is like regal houses. And then Skivingen parts of Skivingen almost reminded me of like, and I'm from New Jersey, so I love it, but like almost parts of like the, the shore in a way in New Jersey, like almost the Jersey shore, but then mixed with like a Euro version. Like I was at a tiki bar, but so like you can get smoked fish from this market. It's called like Roval de Vies. And then, yeah, I was like getting drinks at the ocean beach house, but that's like Skivingen, which is really pretty. But then when you're in um, the Hague itself, like go to Maritz, Maritz, oh my God, Maritz M-A-U-R-I-T-S-H-U-S. I am literally going to say, I'm pronounced 
It's almost like meritatious, but it's like merit. I'm looking at the name of it myself on the map right now. You're right. It's kind of hard. <laughs> I was. I knew how to say it when I was there. Merit. Um, merit shoes. Marit shoes. Something like all right. that. <laughs> Marit shoes. Marit shoes. Oh my goodness. Um, that Marit Marit shoes of Jesus. But so that is like the first public art museum in Holland. Um, and it's really like one of the best in all of Europe. Like you can see the goldfinch there. And it was like started in 1644, like was when the building constructed. But then in 1833, Prince Willem V, he used his own private collection to like start a royal gallery, which and so like you've got like the most insane mixture of pieces. And then, you know, beyond that, go to the inner court and the Hall of Knights. And, you know, it's less crowded at sunset. That's like the oldest. The inner court is like the oldest parliament building. That's what I was just mentioning with the um, sunset over the river. And then um, what else did I say? Oh, yeah. Go to Restaurant Pub- Publique, which is um, this like, I don't know. It's like on the Anna Polonopoline. Thank God we're not doing hungry right now because I think that's the only language <laughs> I can do worse than Dutch. Yeah, um, you're doing fine. We'll figure it yeah, out. <laughs> but it's just like, again, like amazing cocktails. It's very, it's upscale and chic. And it's just like where the Dutch vacation, you know, it's like where people in Amsterdam go for holiday, which I always like to know, like whenever I'm in a country, I'm like, well, where do you go? You know what I mean? To, right. to enjoy yourself here. And then, yeah, it's just, it was just really cool. And it was also so close to Amsterdam, but also felt like sort of like light years away from Amsterdam in the sense that, the amount of tourists, like the amount of, uh, when I was in the Hague, I felt like I had discovered something. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I was, and I was with Dutch locals. I mean, I always recommend signing up for a tour, particularly like I'm waxing poetic about these museums. I don't think that I would have felt that way if I didn't have a tour. So I feel like that's something that like to contextualize everything. I would have loved to have gone into, obviously, what is it called in the Hague? Like the huge, that the piece, the the um, building that, oh my God, when you're tried in The Hague for international war crimes. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, I know the name of it. <laughs> yeah, The Hague. I'm losing my mind. Um, it is the, it's the, it's called the International It's like the International Court of Justice, an International yeah. Criminal Court or something like that. Yes. But there's, a, there's so another have- name for the building though. Yeah, but you have a lot of people who like worked in the CIA and like all this stuff who are all there. And it's a very intellectual city, obviously. And it's such an easy way. You don't need to like build a day for travel. You can literally hop on the train in the morning, go to The Hague for like one night if you wish. But it's just, a. I think that it contextualized also. People are always like, if you only go to Amsterdam and that's the only part of the Netherlands that you've been to, then you haven't really seen Amsterdam. Um, in the same way that like, if you go to New York and you only go to New York city, or if you go to America, you only go to New York city or, but even more so because, you know, the Netherlands is so much smaller, but everyone just tends to go to that one spot. So I think it's sort of like with France and Paris, you know what I mean? France, like there's more to us besides Paris. And then, but that is really like, I went there and then I went to, um, the Kuchenhof, um, where there are like the, where the famous tulip exhibits, like the tulip gardens. But yeah, it was like, just so amazing. And I know there are other places like Rotterdam is like more of like a work. It's like a young city too. And people are always, you know, talking about that. So I want to go next time, but it was awesome. Like, I, I feel like if you, 
I feel like in so many ways, like Holland and Amsterdam is sort of like quintessential Europe because it is such a melting pot. And I just find it to be super accessible because aside from the language, Dankavel means thank you. Aside from the language, which I find to be like pretty difficult, uh, a difficult barrier for me there, particularly as a writer taking notes, the people are so nice. It is so easy to get around, like so easy. Everything is so clean. You know, it's not like- Wait a minute. What did you say thank you was? How do you say that? Dankavel. Dankavel. Duncan, though. Oh, I thought you said Duncan Dunk. That that had a bad connotation no, 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 if you no, listened Duncan. to that to American. Okay, I, I'm just checking. <laughs> I, and, and, and Poppy and Men, too, because I was just, we just did Bonaire, which is also a part of the Kingdom of the Netherlands. And right. in Poppy and Men, too, I forget what it's called in Bonaire at the moment, but it's another Danke something. So I was like, oh, we're just getting doing a riff on it. But yeah. <laughs> I thought we were talking about Duncan Dunk for a minute. <laughs> yeah. And it's like people are just like, I find it so unpretentious, particularly when like I found like the reason I first got interested in doing the Rembrandt story is because I had met with like these art historians and curators in New York at the Met. Actually, they were doing this whole thing at the Met. And I just was like, vibing. I was vibing. I was just like bonding with these different people who are, you know, Rembrandt experts. And finding that, like, they were, in some ways, sometimes I think that, like, the art world, and you know, can be a little bit intimidating, um, particularly in, like, America. Sometimes people use their, like, knowledge of art to, like, signify their, like, status yeah. world. Yep. And that is just, like, not what I found in, you know, with the Dutch. If it ain't Dutch, it ain't much. So that is how I first, uh, like, dove in. Yeah, like more cultural perspective but it is so fun and it's so easy and it's like close to other places um and i love klm as mentioned like on the flight back i couldn't choose between two dutch houses two Delft houses and the flight attendant swatted one on my lap and extra on my lap he goes oh i didn't see anything i don't know what you're talking about and like i was like just like blessed airline blessed uh, trip yeah, K- klm is awesome by the way i totally totally agree with you you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're right up there. What's the airline that goes to Dubai? Um, uh, um, um, is it Qatari or no, there's another Emirates. one. Emirates. Yeah, Emirates. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Th- those airlines are awesome. I, I hate to say yeah. this, this is going to sound anti-American, but damn it, Americans, you can learn some from KLM and the Emirates Airlines. I mean, I know mm-hmm. it's true, but American airlines, American airlines, including everything else, they don't prioritize like customer satisfaction at all. Like nope. their innovations are always geared towards making more money. So like, while like, this is like the Royal airline of the kingdom of the Netherlands. So it's a reflection on the country. Like there's a lot of like Dutch pride in KLM and in America, like we don't, we don't have that. Our our airlines are like cattle cars. Exactly. And (laughs) if I mean, fly any other, fly an international airline over a U.S. airline if you want to have like a better experience, which I think matters more on long haul trips. But like, what? yeah, what I, and it was also super easy because KLM is like partners with Air France and Delta. So I was able to just transfer my points just immediately. I was able to like, like meet, like, wow, monitor my um, boarding pass and stuff from my Delta app, which sometimes like you can't do when you're flying. Cause I always fly international airlines and some airlines make it really tough to like work with their airline partners. Cause I have a, I have a, I have a frequent flyer account on pretty much everything in the U S 
But yeah, KLM makes it so easy and I can't get up. I mean, I love these Duft houses. It's so chic too. I want to have like a hundred. This episode of TripCast 360 is sponsored by David's Cruise Vacation, a travel agency that specializes in both land and sea adventures for the intrepid traveler. Book now at davidscruisevacations.com and experience that hands-on personal service. I was looking up things to do in Amsterdam. And I came across across the sex museum. They said it's the world's first and oldest sex museum. And it seems to be... It seems to be extremely popular because it kept popping up in my Google search. Yeah, there you have the sex museum. I went to the red light district as well. Um, I think I dipped in and out of the sex museum. I dipped in and out of a couple shops in the area. Uh-huh. What's funny is that you would think, or at least I did, because I had been through the red light district so many times in my life without even realizing that it was the red light district until I looked over and I was like, oh, there's a naked woman in this in the window. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, I think when people think red light district, partially because the name, they think of like a really seedy part of town, but like, it's not really, it's like literally right off. What was that? How close? I'm trying to remember what that famous statue is. You know, I've been good with a lot of names, but I don't, it's like, it was like a, Everything around, everything was around a 15 minute walk for me from everywhere. But like, the, it was just mm-hmm. on a side street. For me, I didn't get as into exploring that part partially because even though I'm like, you know, I think it's great that like sex work is legalized and that it's more regulated and safer and people are getting paid. And mm-hmm. it, it, just, it just makes me a little bit uncomfortable because I'm a prude. Yeah. I'm an American. I'm a, I've got that Puritan. In me, so I didn't right. explore it as much, but I did. I did sort of pop down by the red light district. I do think it was affected a bit by COVID, though, as well. So maybe what I was seeing was like a much more subdued version of how it usually is. But um, a milder version, yeah, a milder version. But I have to say, like when I went by, I was like, oh, I've been down the street. But I think it speaks to like, I don't know, am I a fool? Because I'm like, how many times have I been down the street without realizing <laughs> what the street is? You know what I mean? I, I guess I guess if you're not looking for it, then it's <laughs> you know. Yes, exactly. Because it's not like New York City or Las Vegas. That's why. Yes, it. no, it's everything. And I mean, I think that like anyone who visits the Hague would like, or the Hague or Amsterdam or anywhere in the Netherlands would feel this way. I, I honestly would compare it to Switzerland in the sense that mm-hmm. like the Swiss, like Switzerland is so pretty and everything is so clean. And for other people, like maybe that's normal, but in the U.S., you know, it's really, it's really not like at, right. any in the most beautiful city, but there's going to be like some area to avoid or trash somewhere. Um, and there really wasn't, which was like alarming, but oh. you know, nice. 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 You know what? We, we've spent this whole podcast and um dave hasn't once asked you about the cuisine of the place what's the food like there other than cheese which you brought up earlier i was just gonna ask her about that <laughs> I, I was, was waiting on gonna, you <laughs> i was just i was just gonna ask her about culinary and dining etiquette okay go <laughs> so bitter balling like bitter balls are really really good they're everywhere. bitter balls mm-hmm. you said bitter balls bitter balls. like like you can get a like it's it's like a it's almost like a it's a fried ball it's like a fried dough ball filled with like meat or cheese uh-huh. and it's like served like room temperature and then uh-huh. you dip that 
dip it in different sauces, but it's like, you know, when I was getting drinks at a cafe, it's like the bitter balls. And then the appetizers, it's like a huge Dutch food. Pancakes, obviously really huge. And then herring. Like I ate some, I ate, what are, I think at the fish market I was mentioning, you can just get strips of the of herring because, you know, they're on the North Sea and these canals, these man-made canals all throughout the city, like super maritime countries. So obviously like a lot of fish. And the yeah. food was honestly like the food is just like, it's not, it's, it was just like really good, but also I would say more savory and try to think of like what I would compare it to. And I'm not quite sure. It's, it's as if British food were better. I know that's not a great way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> Point taken. But, you know but also like, you know, you have this sort of, you know, you've got like the, the breakfast is like, you know, the cheese, the meat, the jam and the honey that and the chocolate spread and then bitter balls and then pancakes and fish. And then Jennifer is like the, um, like a really popular, um, it's like a really popular drink, but I'm trying to remember if it was, it's like a wine category, but it's like a yeah. mixture of like malt wine and then a little bit of like green for i don't know for me it kind of tasted a little bit like i mean it tastes like gem. <laughs> that's interesting i i i would hazard a guess that michael is going to try to find a dutch restaurant and he's going to ask for bit for bitter balls i mean yeah you'll get that everywhere and cheese cheese is like really popular and cheese. Um, yes. Oh well, really my girlfriend's good. a cheese addict. If you t- if you took a, a needle and stuck it in her veins, it would pull out cheese, not blood. I mean, honestly, <laughs> like then then she's in Lackman Hall. Oh yeah, there's that place called the Cheese City. I think I mentioned at the beginning. I really want to go there, Alkmaar. Oh okay. Um, I guess that beats bear paws, Dave. City yeah. of cheese, <laughs> which is so funny. The city of cheese. City of cheese. Yeah, uh, my girlfriend. Uh, like I said, she eats cheese like candy. I mean, yeah, best? that's like perfect. You guys know I'm not um, a huge foodie either. Right. But, you know, I like it. I, well, the number one thing that really stood out to me, though, anyway, is like the just the culinary culture there and the cocktail culture is just, as you'll find in so many places, in so many beautiful cities, but it's just sort of superb. You know what I mean? You know, right. when you're just, everything is good. Sort mm-hmm. of how I felt when I was there. What's the best time to visit the Netherlands? So I would have always said spring because of the, um, I think I would still say spring, but that's obviously the most popular time. But when you can see the Kuchenhof, the tulip gardens, and, you know, they make, when I say like they are painting with these tulips, like, you know, I was looking at like murals and like, you know, this like portraits of of people with these tulips and they have these insane flower fields. Um, I guess I would say, yeah, spring, but then also they have the flower parade in September. I always feel like May, I always feel like fall and spring are the best times to visit Europe just because, I mean, August is obviously super popular for Americans, but then all of the people who actually live in those European cities aren't there. Um, and also I don't love to travel to, I mean, if, it, if you're going to like the beach, if you're trying to like swim in Skavingen, I would say the summertime, but if you're like trying to do European city travel, I always feel like fall or spring. So it also just gets, it gets hot, you know? But um, that's also when like prices are lower. Um, 
And I feel like you get sort of a sense of like how people live a bit because like school's back in session. And um, I understand they're extremely big on sports too. They said sports is a very important part of Dutch Dutch life. Uh, I think I read where they said there are over 35,000 operational sports clubs. That's amazing. Soccer, soccer, soccer. Soccer is number. Soccer is probably number one, and I, I would imagine, I would imagine cycling as well is pretty much up there. I don't even know if they can identify themselves as cyclers because I think everyone is just cycling all the time, which is probably why everyone is so good looking. But yeah, I mean, I better move. Um, Yeah, no, everyone, everyone is like, you know, I got in there at like eight a.m., so I'd forgotten how going. West to east really makes you jet lagged. Yes. But so jet lagged getting there. And everyone was just, you know, cruising on their way to work. And I told you, like, they had like kids in like a sled. Or like when I say a sled, like it was literally like they were like pulling people aside on wagons. There were some things that I was like, this is, I can't believe this is a two-wheeled vehicle. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was like pretty pretty amazing how much wow. people were moving around on these bikes. And then it's funny though, too, because I should have biked more, but like, you know, when you're not, I'm nervous to bike in New York, I think I would die. And in Holland, I feel like it would be tough too, but I feel like if I got hit, it would be from another biker and not a car. Like, but you also oh. go down these streets and it's like, I'm walking, there's a car, there's a bike. They're like, it's almost like a free for all. You know what I mean? There's like a trolley. So wow. it's cool. Well, um, did you, uh, you've been known to be a little daredevil jumping off of buildings <laughs> and, and um, uh, you know, snorkeling in the dark and, and stuff like that, swimming with sharks. Did you find any daredevil activities to satisfy your uh, urges? No, I haven't done that in, in the Netherlands. I know there are. I mean, aside from, I don't know. No. Oh, okay. I'm just checking because you do that pretty much every time you go somewhere. I haven't done like an adventure activity there, which I know that it exists. I've just done like more urban travel. Do you know what I mean? Like cities. My adventure activity is like translating Rembrandt for 2021 and being like, oh, this guy is a hot mess. He invented selfies. (laughs) He's like, you know what I mean? Like talking to these people and being like, let's contextualize this dude. That was my, that was my main. Yeah. Don't, don't tell, don't tell anybody under the age of 25 that Rembrandt created a selfie. They wouldn't, he did. They, they would like, what? That, that, that old man. <laughs> well, he started and it's so interesting. He did. He started to paint himself and then you could see his like relationship with himself and just like, it, you could see him evolve in like his own like self gaze. I don't know if that sounds ridiculous, but uh, get it. I was super into him because he died and nobody cared. He died in 1669 and his grave, I think was like, it was destroyed actually. His like body Dude. 20 years after he died, because like, if you're a Dutch popper, if you're like very, very poor, that was the custom. Do you know what I mean? Like he didn't have, he didn't even have claim to like the own ground, the ground that he was buried on under. But then like, you know, after his death, he became very famous, obviously. Right. But then um, I remember this, one of the historians was like, he was not an easygoing person and he was not committed to good taste. Which, like I love, he was tacky in, in a lot of ways, you know, and he was very disorganized. 
And I think, yeah, it's, I don't know. I found um, the Dutch masters was always like sort of a grouping in history and that entire period where it didn't like come into focus as much for me. But then I think it was um, Berber on my tours of matter. She goes, the Netherlands in 1672 was Game of Thrones. And like it was, you know, so. Okay. I only have two questions left, and I know Dave may have one more in his palette as well. Um, is fashion a big deal in um, in Holland like it is, like, let's say, Paris? Um, I think people look very chic. There are good places. There's this place to shop in um, in The Hague. What is it called? And it's, um, it is quite famous. As long, um, as, it, as, long the, as it's not the Westgate Mall. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, I would say in like the same way, I think people look because people are also on their bikes 24 seven. So you keep in mind that like people are wearing stuff that they can cycle around in, which is like not always the easiest. So I wouldn't say it's like intimidatingly chic. I felt like, I felt like the snobbiest going out scene I experienced was in this one super trendy area in Stockholm. No, I didn't feel it's it's fashionable, but I think it goes with the whole thing that we've been talking about, how Dutch people are pretty welcoming and laid back. Like, they're very attractive. Right. Evan's very tall um, and quite thin. And yeah. their faces. Like, people are naturally good looking, but it wasn't like a fashion show walking around the streets. You know right. what I'm saying? Oh, but okay. also, maybe in the winter more, because I always feel like that's when you can get fancy. Right. But that's not true. I would have seen it. It's pretty laid back. Oh, okay. And, but and look the- nice. Yeah, well, you know, I got to go biking, so I got to start looking like the pretty people. Anyway, um, my last question for you, and this is this may take you a second to answer it, but let's say I'm an I'm an American and I'm going there for the first time, and I got seven days. How would you plan that trip out? So I would do fly into Amsterdam. Here's my thing is I'd forgotten and maybe I overestimated myself, but that first day that I got into Amsterdam and I did a first class KLM flight, which was amazing. I was so wiped out and I feel, and I ended up sleeping pretty much a lot of the day, which like, I really feel badly about that. The Pulitzer is such a nice place. I was like, I'm actually enjoying Dutch culture and history now. Cause I'm in this glorious room looking at what's going on in the canal. I would do like the first day you get in and like, take it easy on yourself. I, but try to stay up in retrospect. I wish I'd just taken like 18 espresso shots and just like stayed awake until 6 PM. But like, yeah, get an early check-in in your hotel. I always feel like that's huge. Drop your stuff off. And then I would acquaint, I would like spend that first day sort of acquainting myself with like the major, the major players that you want to see. If it's a museum, you have to book in advance. I would hold on it. But if it's like a museum, you can dip in and out, in and out of, then like get it out, get it out of the way that first day. I would spend three days. I would spend, I would spend three days in Amsterdam. Um, and I would, then I would go out to the Hague. I would spend two days in the Hague. And then on the way back, I would go, um, to, I would give myself a day to go to like Kukenhof, um, to the flower fields in Kukenhof. Um, yeah, I feel like that's because at the end of the day, there's so much to see and do in, in Amsterdam you're going to want those two days and then you, but you also just have to accept this place. It's like, I mean, it's like Rome or it's like Copenhagen, you know, you can be there for a week and you won't see everything. So just like, for me, at least like 
I, my friend Ramsey, who's another travel writer, was there with me and we had outlines of what we wanted to do for the day. And sometimes they didn't go through. Like go to the Van Gogh Museum. We couldn't get in. You know what I mean? Or or it was like, I need to go find this different rubber duck score. But then there's just so much to see and do like on every street. And it's also walkable. Um, But I would definitely book like, I would, if it's in like a sunnier time, where I stayed in the Pulitzer, they have like two different types of boats. One is like super nice and fancy. The other one's sort of this teak open air boat. You definitely want to get out on the water and like do a tour from there because you can like see, um, you know, it's Amsterdam is beautiful, like particularly at night on the water, like do like a sunset cocktail cruise. And then I am hesitating here because part of me wants to say to go to Rotterdam, but Rotterdam is like, I've never been, but I think that it's like, it is a really cool city. There are a ton of, I mean, I was talking about the cheese city. There definitely, there's definitely more to see and do, but like, I would definitely do three days in Amsterdam, two days in the Hague. Cause I would want to go to Skavingen for a day. Um, and I, I'm always just, I love, I love the ocean. And before I, I saw the North Sea, I guess, for the first time in Scotland, but like, I was like quite obsessed with it for a period of time. And when I was in Holland on the beach, I was like, I can't believe this is the North Sea. I mean, this is, I was Dutch a long time ago. My family were Van Cortlands and then we came over to New York a while ago, but I'm like, well, this is why I'm Dutch. You know what I mean? Because right. I'm like emotionally relating to these bodies of water, but that's what I would do. Um, a hundred percent. And it's also a very, that's a leisurely trip. Like the way I grew up traveling, it'd be like, well, you're going to be in Amsterdam for 30 hours and you're going to be in Brussels for 30 hours and et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, yeah. I, I hate being rushed on trips. You know, that's one of the reasons why I asked you the question, kind of to, to give you the ability to space it out where you're not rushing from one place to the next and you don't really get to take it all in. Like the museums, I would get lost in the museum. The last time I was in the Met was 2006, the same year Dave and I met. And I stayed in there for hours. I went home and came back. I mean, that's just <laughs> what I think of museums. So, um, yeah, I, I would get lost. So, yeah, I hate being rushed on vacations anyway. You um, want a guy. You want a guide to enjoy, to appreciate, I think, any of that. Yeah. But that also maybe some people are better than I am. But I really do feel like the experiences that I've had where I've gone to museums and like, unless you're, you know, unless you're an art historian, in which case you don't need that. Like, but the thing with Holland, though, I guess that does make it cool is that, you know, you're going to see the girl with the pearl earring, which is like the Mona Lisa of the North. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no way to look at that and not be really moved. Just because, you know, you're seeing something, you're seeing living history and the goldfinch I found to be super cool and just buying Rembrandt's story, but particularly like the Anne Frank, like going to like learn about like, you know, this history and story of Anne Frank. And then you're going to want, you're going to want to sign up for them. And also Dutch people are hilarious. So, you know, it's going to be a good torch. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be like, and then this happened and then this happened. Like they're going to be self-deprecating. When you travel, you pay attention. A lot of people go and they travel and they kind of, even travel writers do this. They kind of hit the the soft edges of it. They don't really get into the weeds and the detail. You give us the detail, which is what we're looking for. I mean, if I were to go to any of the places that you've been on our podcast, I can always share the superficial details. Everybody, I can look that up in a guidebook. Um, but I, I like the fact that you actually dive deep and say, this was my experience. Even if the, the listener doesn't necessarily like that piece of it, at least you've told them. Yeah. So, so we are cool with that. So as Dave said, thank you so much for carving out an hour and 20 minutes of your day for us. We appreciate it a lot, but anyway, Catherine, again, thanks so much for doing this. 
Um, Catherine Parker at Maggiard.com is where you can find her website. And uh, as I mentioned at the top, she is also on Instagram at Catherine Parker Maggiard. Her Twitter handle is KPM1231 and her Facebook is Katie, K-A-T-I-E dot Parker Maggiard. Again, Catherine, thank you for doing this. And uh, that's it for this uh, episode of TripCast 360. Uh, We will see you next Monday for another edition. (laughs) 